and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is Andy Rourke. Andy's best known for being the basis of the Smiths. Never in my wildest dreams when I started this podcast over two years ago did I think I'd have a member of the Smiths on, let alone an in-person interview with a member. Andy was great. We talk about his latest project, a band called Blitz Vega, their debut single, Hey Christo. Fantastic. We talk about kind of how that collaboration came about, and I'll play the song at the end of the interview. Talk about all his other collaborations, and of course, we talk plenty about the Smiths, how they got together, how we met Johnny Marr, what his initial thoughts are, were of Marcy, and whether or not he knew the true Marcy. Talk about how he got fired by the Smiths. But Andy kept on going. He's been fantastic in all the other collaborations he's done. Naturally, I asked him the $64,000 question about Morrissey. His answer may or may not surprise you. Here's my conversation with Andy. So before we kind of get into like your whole origin story and the Smiths, I just want to talk a little bit about Blitz Vega. And I really dig you know, the, the song you guys released, uh, Hey Krista. Thank uh, you. Yeah. What was kind of like the uh, process of like getting, you know, because you've been in so many of like one of the super groups, but like, you know, collaborations and stuff like that. So yeah. how is this collaboration? How did this come about? Well, it's kind of a long story, like me and Cav go way back. Um, I think probably almost 20 years ago, Manny from the Stone Roses, um, it's when I was still living in Manchester, right. he invited me to, he said, oh, you have to come and see this young kid play. Um, he's really cool, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, okay. And there was members of New Order there, I remember, and uh, a couple of other, you know, in Spiral Carpets. And Manchester's Glitterati came out, and, um, and it, it was a really impressive gig, and so it kind of stuck in my mind that way. Um, and then I was good friends with Happy Mondays, so I used to bump into him a lot when he was playing with the Happy Mondays. And, you know, we always got along and, and had a good banter. And then um, this one time I saw him, um, which must have been 10 years ago now, he was playing um, Coachella with Happy Mondays, and I was DJing there. And so we spent a lot of time backstage there just talking, saying, oh, yeah, you know, one day we should um, work on some music together or right. do something. And, yeah. and we're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then at that time I, I started working on the... Or just or just after that, sorry, I started working on the Dark project with uh, Dolores. Right. Yeah, um, and Cav was—I uh, can't remember what he was doing. He was doing something else. Um, so yeah, we were we were both kind of busy, and then obviously with the 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 tragic death of, um, right. of Dolores. Um, I didn't do anything for a couple of months, but um, I just I just figured that um, uh, I had to jump back into music, you know, as a, well because that's the only thing I do, and it, it was also kind of a ther therapy as well. And um, yeah, I was making regular trips to LA anyway, where where Cav is based, and um, yeah, we. 
we started making some recordings. We did we recorded it um, House of Blues initially, um, and then where else? Um, the, ah, this uh, studio called New Monkey, um, where they had the original mi mixing desk that was used for um, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I think some Stardust came out right. in, <laughs> into the recording. Well, there's still some in there, I think. Yeah, it's L literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eyeliner and everything. Um, and yeah, and then we've worked in another studio after that, um, like a downtown LA one called Vol Voltive Sound, which was really cool. Um, yeah, so we got like an EP in the bag, and then we recently recorded at um, Abbey Road Studio. Okay. And, um, recorded a, a live EP which is going to come out after the summer I think but we did it you know completely old school where um, everything was live no overdubs uh, which yeah it was intense but we you know we got there in the end yeah. were you used to doing like that or no not, re not really I mean I think in the very early Smith days we used to record right. a bit you know, like that kind of one take live um, but it, you know it happened less and less Hey, Chris, this song's out. Very catchy. Uh, what's kind of like the story behind that song? Um, you'd have to ask Cav the, the full story, but I think it's a guy in California who um, goes like UFO spotting. Right. And everyone thinks it's insane. And he's called Chris, his name is Christo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it's like, it's like a Cab sending a crystal message, right. saying that he's not alone. And yeah, maybe you know, maybe he believes in UFOs too. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I, I don't rule it out. Right? Who knows? Right? Yeah. It's a big universe. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned Dolores before. Um, were you planning collaboration with Dark? Mm. Or tragic Yeah, we were supposed to take it on the road, and, and um, there was another uh, another record that was supposed to come out. Um, yeah, so it, it was a, a big upheaval for everyone involved, you know, and uh, I still think about her a lot every day. Yeah, no, she, she was great, and music was, they'll still live on, which is it's a great thing about music. Yeah. It'll always live on, yeah. Yeah. Now, another collaboration, uh, this one was interesting, um, James Franco, and the whole daddy, yeah. how did that come about? Um, this now friend of mine, Timothy O'Keefe, he uh, he went to art school with James, and um, and then so I'd, I'd met Timothy, and in the, he mentioned that James was a big Smiths fan, right. and, and he'd written all these poems based on Smith songs, okay. and would like to turn them into music. And yeah. would, would I be interested in, in yeah. playing bass on them? And so yeah, I figured, why not? Why not? Yeah. It sounds interesting. Yeah. You know? and, uh, I don't. Did you hear any of it? No, not yet. Ah, okay. When you read, you read the poems before agreeing to do it. Um, yeah, no, no, I think okay. Timothy sent it to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a really like die-hard Smith fan to, yeah. to get them. Yeah, and the lyrics were yeah. very, you know, Morrissey-esque. Okay. <laughs> you know, right. About, you know, crashing cars and <laughs> people dying and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. um, very happy. But it was um, no, it was nice to work with James, and um, he's a really nice guy. And, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So I guess kind of going way back now, uh, your 
origin story back in Manchester. Um, when did you first like get involved in music, and like what were some, like, what were some of your influences kind of growing mm. up? I mean, I was always involved in music in one way or another. My birthday presents, Christmas presents, since I was four or five, I was, it was a plastic trumpet or a saxophone, and then I got a plastic guitar, <laughs> and then I think when I was eight, I got. Um, my first like wooden guitar right. that you could actually tune and yeah. you know, call a guitar, and um, my dad's secretary's daughter gave me like a few basic lessons, just teach, teaching me like the basic chords, and um, yeah, I just kind of took it from there really. You ever think about singing too, or now just? I did it. I've, I've done it once. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit self-conscious. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, n I'm not great. Right. <laughs> How did you? I sound like you know, um, yeah. Tom Waits on a bad day. <laughs> Are they all bad days? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you end up uh, settling on uh, the bass? Um, that was actually I can attribute that to Johnny. We right. we were in this band. I think we were probably. 14 years old, maybe 15, and um, yeah, the the bass player that we had, he only knew two bass lines. Who's um, don't believe a word by um, Thin Lizzy, and I think the other one was like a Tom Petty song or something like that. And so we the rehearsals were kind of restricted anyway, right. and so. Um, so Johnny said, Andy, why don't you try the bass? And I was like, what? I felt like I'd been demoted. You know, yeah. I was playing the, the rhythm guitar. But um, but yeah, as soon as I, I, I put it on and then started kind of applying myself, I, I just got really into it. And um, to the point of being obsessed with it. And um, yeah, never looked back really. It's the yeah. best decision I made. Right. Yeah, you said you met Johnny in school. Um, yeah. How did that, like, Happened. You guys in class together? Or just Initially, creation? we weren't in class. No, um, we weren't in the same class. Um, but we were we were aware of each other. You know, I we both had like questionably like long hair, and uh, I think both of us had Neil Young pin. Or one of us had a Neil Young pin badge. I can't remember which. And now, uh, one day, I think I had it, and, and Johnny commented one day, oh, I like your badge, and then we just right, got talking exactly. about music, and um, his uh, like form room happened to be in the music room, and so we we started bringing our guitars into school and, and kind of rehearsing in, in the dinner hours, and then um, move on like six months, we, we didn't even go into school, we didn't make it that far, we just used to, either Johnny used to come to my house and we used to just play music all day, or um, I used to wait outside the bus, the bus stop, which uh, outside Johnny's um, house, and watch till his parents went to work, work and, and, and yeah. we'd jump in. Um, yeah, so, we yeah. just had a bit, sorry? Do you ever get caught? Oh, always, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but... We didn't get lynched. Right. 
So what was like the like music scene back then in Manchester like? I mean, obviously, you know, there was the, you know, Warsaw, Joy Division, the Buzzcocks magazine. Um, there, you know, it was for this, you know, when you think about it, from for the from the size of the city from Manchester, there's been so many bands come out of there in comparison to even, you know, Birmingham or even London. I don't know. I've not done the actual right. stats, but, yeah. but I don't know. There must be something in the water. Right. Right? When you first heard Joy Division, like, what was your reaction? I thought it was amazing, yeah. And I went out and bought uh, Closer immediately. And uh, I think I, would, I was really struck by uh, Martin Hannett's production techniques. Right. Um, and I never got to work with him, but um, no, I thought he was really a unique character. It's a bit crazy to work with, apparently. Yeah, but, um, heard, yeah. Because yeah, all my friends have worked with him. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, I just thought it was a unique sound and, and just very Manchester, you know. It just, uh, it summed up, you know, the rain and the the unemployment and the, the depression. Uh, much like the Smiths, really. <laughs> So you're kind of destined to, uh, yeah. to be in that. Yeah. 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 Did you, your paths ever cross like before you joined the Smiths? Hmm. We used to rehearse at the same place. Uh, me and Johnny had a band uh, probably that predates the Smiths by f five years, something like that. And so we used to rehearse at this place called TJ's, TJ Davison Studios. And um, he's got a documentary coming out, actually. And um, I think yeah, the, the not the Smiths, but the pre-Smiths get mentioned. Right. But, but it's, uh, this place was really kind of dilapidated, and there was a hole in our in our floor. And Joy Division were below us, and so we could kind of see what they were doing, yeah. and also hear what they were doing. And, uh, and, they, and they, I'm, I'm sure occasionally they'd look up and see an eye, a little eyeball, uh, checking them out. But, um, and then we just kind of passed on the stairs. Uh, they don't Manchester bands with there was there, there was always like um, a rivalry, but uh, not in a, an aggressive way. Right, so, right. yeah, friendly rivalry, but you know, saying that we'd pass on the stairs and nobody's you know you'd get you'd kind of nod at each other, but you you wouldn't get into a conversation. Right. So I know you played with, uh, with Peter. How did that also come about? The free bass. The free bass line. Um, I suppose it came out of uh, frustration of like, working with like, bossy people, bossy right. singers, and and um, I don't know. We just, I think it came it came about like a drunken idea in a pub, and we said, you know, we should uh, we should form a band and yeah. call, call it Free Base, and and, and, uh, and then we actually did it, and um, it was good fun while it lasted, you know, but. Um, Again, people's work commitments, and um, and then there was arguments about. Um, I'd say something. Like, oh, I'd say to the engineer, "Can you turn up my bass?" Yeah. And then and Huggy go, "That's my bass. That's not yours." Oh. And then and then Manny go, "Oh, oh everybody, hey, everybody, calm down, you know." And um, yeah, so it just became a bit complicated, and so I quit in the end. And then 
uh, then I, so it became two base and I think Manny quit it became one base and then, <laughs> yeah. and then it and poof, right. yeah, yeah. you still in touch with Peter? Yeah, every time, yeah. yeah, when he comes into town, yeah, we always meet right. up, yeah. Yeah, you guys kind of have yeah. the same war stories, I guess, right? <laughs> Sorry? I guess you and him kind of have the same war stories, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, same war wounds. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, um, what was your initial impression when you first met Morrissey? Um, he was quite a shy character, you know, he kind of came came into the rehearsal space with his long overcoat and his... Um, book of, of his lyric sheets and stuff like that. It didn't really say much. And um, then Johnny introduced us. Yeah, it's just very polite, but, but you know, seemed shy. And um, I think the initial few rehearsals, it, uh, everyone was kind of nervous and didn't, it didn't sound immediately like it was going to work. And then I don't know. Just something happened one day where it, uh, everything came together. You, you and Johnny pretty much just wrote the music while he just handled the lyrics, and that's how. It was. Yeah, so yeah. It wasn't kind of like a collaborative well, process. Yeah, Johnny did have the guitar. I, you know, the the the, the, the song pretty much down, and uh, obviously I wrote the bass line, and uh, and then yeah, and then Mike would drum along. And, right. <laughs> yeah. Now. His lyrics obviously are, you know, famous for, you know, whatever vegetarianism and war and everything like that. And Queen, um, did, were you conscious of that while rehearsing, or you just kind of just did your part? Yeah, I mean, obviously we were paying attention to the lyrics, yeah. and um, I found, you know, m most of them hilarious, you know, in a good way. Right, um, and then other. Other ones would, I'd be like scared. I was like, "Can, can you actually sing that? Can, yeah. you, can you sing the Queen is dead?" Or, or um, you know, I don't know. He was just pushing boundaries, and um, I think he was very unique in that respect. He just didn't give a shit about right. what anybody thought. Still doesn't, by no, all accounts. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, how much of a backlash was there? Like, whenever you guys first came out. Well, all the all the terrible newspapers like the Sun and the yeah. Daily Star and the, the Mirror, of course, right. like oh, this, this is an outrage yeah. about stuff. Um, but for me, it, it only gave us free press and made us right. um, 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 on what's for the word now um, notorious. Right. That's the word. Sorry, um, and yeah, so. For us, uh, yeah, and, and we didn't lose any fans because of it. No. no. Were you banned like, on any radio stations? Uh, I'm sure we were, yeah. 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 I, can't, I can't name any, yeah. Right. And um, I think the Sun newspaper did a headline calling us a pedo pop band because of the uh, Suffer Little Children right. record. Um, so, yeah, there was a, that was, I think that was the worst day when, you know, I think I got a call from my parents saying, have you seen the news? Yeah. Uh, I didn't read that newspaper anyway. So. Okay. Were they supportive of your music career? Um, initially, um, no. Right. I, I, yeah, I don't think my dad got, the, uh, you know, Morrissey's thing. Right. Um, 
but um, it came around, you know. I think the more successful that we became, you know, so, oh, you must be, you must be doing something right. right. Yeah. Plus, you were going to do it anyway, regardless. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So yeah, they might as well be on board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember where you were the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio? Um, I think it may have been in Johnny's car. Yeah. I think driving to to or from a rehearsal. Um, yeah, Hand in Club, Hand in Club came on BBC Radio 1. Now you guys were together for such a short time, since five years, and I can't really think of another band that had that much of an impact in such a short time. It's like Nirvana, but they were long, they were like seven, eight years, the Beatles were ten, but you guys, just five years. Yeah. And it's just a lasting impression, everyone is influenced by you guys. You've gotten bigger after you broke up. Yeah. It's just amazing. <laughs> And yeah, we did a lot of work in that in those five years. We never stopped really. We were either in the recording studio or we were touring the world and, and yeah, doing gigs or in the rehearsal room. Or and then when we did our time off, like, um, um, Johnny would try and you know find a day or so to try and write a new song because the record company would push us so hard that, that there was, yeah, they said, oh, what, have you got a new record ready? And it's like, no, we've not stopped for a second, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Johnny Johnny was frustrated about that, that he, he wasn't allowed enough time, a long enough time to concentrate on the writing. You know? Did he kind of handle the record company? Or did Morrissey yeah, well, Morris, Morrissey, um, I would say, Mainly Johnny, yeah, and and stuff like Johnny would have to handle like the van hire, you know, if we needed to hire a van or a bus and stuff like that, because nobody else was going to do it. And I think that you know that's one of the things that, that drove him crazy and, and didn't help the longevity of the band. Yeah. <laughs> now with Morrissey, were you able to kind of like crack that shell and get to know him like personally? Um. I don't think anybody gets to know the full Morrissey. Right. You get to know how much he wants you to know. But um, contrary to what people think, uh, work, working with him was always, you know, we'd have a laugh on the road and uh, yeah, we're always laughing and joking, and he's always very um, entertaining, should we say? Yeah, never a dull moment. Now um, I know you worked with him after the man broke up on like his debut solo album. Mm. That was the only time, but the first two albums that you worked on him, right? Yeah, well, but not that, not in its entirety, just right, on, just on songs, yeah, yeah. a few songs here and there. Yeah. yeah. And you haven't worked with him or spoke to him since? Uh, no, we haven't, no. no it's, uh, some, you know, there's some issues with, right. um, I can't really, yeah. I can't really go into it. No, financial issues. Right, right. Yeah. Because yeah, I know um, you and Mike went to court. I knew you, got, you settled, but Mike kind of yeah. took it further. Um, did you know back then that, obviously you didn't because you found out going to court, but that it wasn't an equal split? It was Johnny and Marcy were getting more than you guys? And how did um, you find out? I'd rather not go into that. Sure, really. okay. Yeah, because 
my memory is a bit hazy on that one. No, I totally understand. So, all right. One more kind of in that mind, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get this one in. Um, rumors, I guess, that you got fired by a postcard? Yeah. Okay. That, that was true? Yeah, that happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You still have that postcard? Um, the, I don't. I think it's in Manchester. I think uh, my ex-girlfriend has it. Okay. Yeah. Marcy signed it. His name too. Yeah. Um, so it's probably worth something. <laughs> I think it said, "Andy, you, you have left the Smiths. Good luck." And, and that was it, basically. Right. But then you returned, right? Yeah. So was that kind of awkward? Um. It was, yeah. I, you know, I, I was, I suppose, living the rock and roll lifestyle a bit right. to the to the extreme, uh, which which led to my being fired. But I just thought that's what you're supposed to do when you're in a you know right, rock and roll yeah. band. Um, we were just kids thinking about, you know, when you think about it. And then, yeah, so to get a, a second chance, like, you know, I had to be obviously a lot more focused and on my game. No, I, I felt that I, I was lucky to get a second chance. Right. Did you know, like then, it was kind of going to be the end of the band because it was like a year later you guys were done, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> no, I didn't know. Okay. No, uh, so yeah, it didn't last long. Right, yeah, kind but of I mean, imploded. Yeah, yeah, the quality, you know, yeah. the quantity might have been there, but definitely the, the, the quality of the music. Yeah. Was there one song that you really didn't think much of and then kind of became? massive hit or not by the charts just kind of by cherished by so many people I think how how soon is now was a bit of a surprise because right. originally that I think that was a, it was supposed to be a b-side right. and then um, Seymour Stein at Sire Records kind of latched onto it and said this is a hit you know yeah. this is like letting the the, the MTV era and um, yeah, so it kind of smashed it over in America before, and then yeah. came back over exactly. to Europe, kind of thing. It was weird. When you first came over to America, what was like your like reaction to it? In well, I suppose I first came over in 1982. I think we did a, a gig on New Year's Eve at Danceteria. Oh, okay. And. Um, I think Madonna was working there. Um, right. She was either dancing or doing coat check or, or both. Right. Um, Morrissey fell off the stage, I remember that, because <laughs> uh, he was so dark and he, he, he took his glasses off. Um, but uh, no, um, New York, you know, um, specifically, always fascinated me and I always, I'd kind of made a pact with myself then if I was ever going to leave the UK then it would move to New York, not LA or you know anywhere else. You know. um, I just like the edginess of it. I mean it's definitely lost some of that since right. the 80s yeah, you know, totally. and, uh, and it's become so gentrified but there's still something about it. You know. Yeah. When did you move here? For good? Um, Ten years ago. City guys, subways, everything like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. recognized on the subway at all? Not really. No, no. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> I prefer it that way. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so crowded anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is like your favorite Smith song? 
uh, I get asked this a lot, and I don't. Right. I really don't think you can have the favorite. It's like having a favorite child. Right. You know, it's not right, really, is it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're all my babies. That's what I always say. Right. Yeah. And they've they've been covered like by countless artists. Are there any ones that you particularly like? Not really. <laughs> right. <laughs> not really. I had to think, but no, yeah. not really. Because, uh, again, uh, that's of them being your babies. You know, you're, you're, it's like giving your baby away. Yeah. And, um, and then they come back in different clothing or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I have a couple like uh, questions I got on, on Facebook from my, uh, my Facebook podcast group. Um, favorite song that you recorded? I know it's kind of just to ask that question, but it's that you song know, recorded. any stories behind the particular song that you recorded? Um, oh. I think I enjoyed playing um, Rush on Ruffians. Okay. Uh, well, I enjoyed playing all of them, what right, we're talking yeah. about. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a... A big long bass solo, and Barbarism Begins at Home as well as another one, uh, where the bass is very uh, prominent. Um, I just used to say, if you, yeah, if you, if you took the bass line out of Barbarism, it'd be uh, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And one more, as I got, um, did you and Mike, Mike Joyce, have any like say in the day to day? Operations of the band, or is that strictly Johnny? Um, obviously, we had to um, decide on what time we would get into the rehearsal right. studio yeah. or the recording yeah. studio, but uh, but past that, no. Okay. Now, did, how uh, did the record companies have any like input or any like kind of annoyances recording the albums, or is that strictly you guys were left alone? We were pretty much left alone, yeah. Um, which I think is rare these days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were lucky in that respect. Um, yeah, we we definitely we we were sailing our own ship. That's right. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know you you know kind of performed with Johnny a couple of times, made a couple of appearances. You still keep in close touch with him. I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time he's in town, yeah, we go out for dinner or, or brunch or whatever, depending right. on his uh, schedule. Yeah. And when I'm in Manchester, I go and see him. And, Any uh, plans to work with him again? Um, no, nothing. Yeah. Uh, nothing planned, but yeah, right. never say never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for all these like, collaborations that you do, um, like, how do you decide, or do you search out people? Or they search out you. You've worked with some pretty uh, you know, heavy hitters. Usually, they'll search out me, and if I if I like them, then yeah. I'll go along with it. You know. Right. Are there any that you have regret regretted? Uh, I joined Killing Joke for two weeks. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah, right. that was um, a nightmare, yeah. a daymare. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were telling me like how to stand. Demanding that I sang backing vocals, and I was like, I don't sing backing vocals. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, and, and I was standing like this. No, you have to stand like this. You have to stand up like a fucking soldier and all this. And I was like, oh my god. And they were drinking whiskey at like 10 a.m. in the rehearsal rooms. And, uh, 
It's, yeah, it's so you surpri- surprised it lasted two weeks then, not shorter. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, when I quit, yeah. they still got my bass on, by the way. That's how, qu- how quick I quit. Right. And then they put out something in the enemy saying, we, we fired him because he was a colorful, you know, he was a, he was a homo. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, but very classy guys. Yeah. yeah but anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then you uh, worked with Shane O'Connor. I did, yeah. Yeah, on her. His biggest album. Yeah. And what was what was she like? And like, any misconceptions about her? Um, she was great to work with. Yeah. You know? um, and her voice was, was so pure, and um, yeah, just a, a joy to work on on that stuff with her. And um, yeah, we stayed friends up until recently. Probably a year ago, and then I don't know, something happened, and uh, yeah, I'm not spoken to her for a while now. Right. Yeah. So I, I wish you, her all yeah. the best. So, what do you listen to now? Is there anything? Any new music, old music? Ma- mainly old stuff, yeah. I'm an old fogey, you know. Uh, and I still like, you know, sifting through the second hand record right. stores and yeah. pulling out bits of my childhood you yeah. know, just uh, yeah I just like building up my old old record collection right yeah. you no know, one has cassette collections anymore right those kind of just died no I've still got cases and cases CDs when I used to DJ a lot oh yeah. yeah and speaking of that like how did how did that come about DJ um I think it started in Manchester a friend of mine Clint Boone who's from the Inspiral Carpets he used to he was the resident DJ at this place called South, a nightclub in Manchester. And he said, "Why don't you DJ one night?" And I was like, "What are you talking about? I can't DJ." And he's like, "No." And he, he took me like behind the decks. He said, "Watch, it's easy. You yeah. know, you just do, when this one finishes, you do this." And I was like, "Yeah, it does look quite easy. I'll give it a try." And then, yeah, so I did that one gig, and then um, that led to another one, then another one. And I got an agent, and then everything just went crazy. So I was doing probably, well, I used to go on like world tours um, and be doing like five or six gigs in one week, you know, whether it be in Brazil or Japan or it took me all over the place. So it's great, it's a good way to see the world. Right, sure. Yeah. Just like touring with the Smiths again, right? You're just all over the yeah. place. Well, the Smiths didn't, you know, we never made it to Australia or Japan because Morrissey said it was too far. Okay. <laughs> he didn't want to fly that long. Right. He's not good at flying. No. Okay. You still do it, DJ? Uh, very little right. these days, yeah. I just, I'm just trying to concentrate on the Blitz Vega project. Yeah. When um, I guess the album comes out, are there any plans to tour? I know you guys just have yeah. dates. I think it, yeah, we I think for this summer we're just going to do like some um, like private party type things in LA and and hopefully New York. Uh, we're going to try and reschedule the, the cancelled gig at the Mercury Lounge and the one at the Roxy in LA, um, and then. Um, yeah, next year it's going to be full on, and we're going to hopefully be touring um, North America, South America, Europe, 
hopefully you know Australia, yeah. Japan, you know, right. and um, and and the, the festival uh, circuit as well, right. which obviously we've missed yeah. uh, this year. One, you, one yeah. thing or another. Right. Yeah. When you do these collaborations, is it you try to do them like differently than the previous one? The sound, just this everything is the, the genre. You don't want to kind of have to duplicate the same thing just with different people, correct? Yeah, I mean, I don't like to overthink it. I just I like to let things happen organically, yeah. and um, obviously, I have to be myself when it comes to my playing. I can't, you know, distract from that too much. Otherwise, people say it, could, it doesn't sound like me. Yeah. So, um, um, but the Blitz Vegas stuff is de it's definitely more edgy and kind of uh, kind of punky and. Right. It's got a lot of energy. Yeah, and what a lot more than what I, I usually do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if um, the unthinkable happened, then I guess Morrissey said, "Sure, let's get back together." Would, would you do it? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, to preempt that, uh, it's just not going to happen. So. Right. No, I think yeah. So. yeah. 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 Um, You're listening to any of his solo work? Any of what? Any of Morrissey's solo work? Besides the ones that you worked on, um, yeah, I mean, occasionally, yeah, it's not, it's not something I purposely avoid, right, or, or seek out, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I me, mean, Andy, this was great. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. And a special thanks to Andy for joining me today. AndyRock.com at Andy Rourke Music on Twitter, at Blitz Vega Music also on Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page with my youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes, not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, it's on Podbean. Go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your Living My Youth merchandise. And like I said in the open, here is Hey Christo. See you next week.